Welcome to the Sustainable Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Mackey, registered nurse, board-certified nurse coach, and certified personal trainer. Here, we'll discuss all things health and fitness as they apply to real life, like juggling careers, children, mental health, and just life in general. My hope is that this show simplifies health and wellness, making it more manageable for you to apply to your own life and to be a healthier human. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Sustainable Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Mackey. So quick little announcement before we get into today's episode, which is all about how mental health can influence your fitness. Enrollment is open for sustainable strength and nutrition. I'm currently only taking on a limited number of clients. Um, It's definitely more of like a high-touch coaching program, um, just because I want to give you the attention that you deserve. So once spots are filled, they are going to be filled for a while. Typically, coaching lasts the minimum commitment is three months, but typically people will stay on at least for like another few months, if not longer. You have the option to do strength or nutrition or both. Um, and everything's all virtual. So we'll meet a couple times a month. We'll go over your goals. If you're doing the strength portion, the workouts will be sent to you. Everything is housed in an app, um, including the demos, any weights or reps or any equipment that you need, like all that stuff is taken into account. Um, and it's all there for you. And then of course you have text and email access to me as well. So if anything pops up on the fly, like during a training session, or, you know, you're trying to figure out like something that week, as far as nutrition goes, and you have a question, even though it's not like a scheduled session or a scheduled email check-in, because I also do those in between when we're not actually meeting, you can always shoot me a text or an email. I might not answer right away because I might be tied up with another client or the toddler terrorist that I live with, but you know I'll get back to you pretty in a timely manner, so pretty quickly to help you out with that. Um, but yeah, so because it is more of like a high-touch situation and I want the best of you, we're going to be communicating a lot, then that's why I'm only taking on a few at a time. So uh, enrollment is open for that. I will put the link in the show notes for that. Um, and then that way you can get a little bit more info on kind of the ins and outs of the program. And then, uh, the application to sign up is also there as well. So without further ado, let's get into the show. Hello friends and welcome back. Today, we're going to be talking about how mental health can influence your fitness. So this is actually going to be a two-parter. This is going to be the more, like part one is more of the tactical approach. And the second one, the second part is going to be a little bit more personal. I didn't want to cram all of this into one episode. And then also, unfortunately, there are some trigger warnings that kind of go with part two. I think it's important to tell stories, so I am going to be quite candid on how personal experiences can relate to health and fitness and how they can influence that. Um, but if so, you know, if you're not in the best headspace for that, at least you can get like the tactical stuff here. And, you know, I think storytelling is important. It makes you not feel so alone. Sometimes hearing other people speak on issues, it kind of gives you a voice as well, even if you're not um, in a place where maybe you can talk about it. 
So I am going to get more candid and personal in part two, but all the tactical stuff you're going to find here. So I have basically like split this into four different categories. Um, it's not really anything. It's not like a formal scientific study. I haven't done like a crap ton of research on this. So I will kind of give the disclaimer that it is more anecdotal. It's based more so on what I've seen and what I've experienced, not just for myself, but in my last 11 years as a coach. It's probably an okay sample size. Again, this is not like a formal scientific study or anything like that. I have coached a lot of people in that time frame, and it feels pretty consistent. So people typically will fall into one of these four categories. They sometimes move through them. depending on the circumstances, you know, they might fall into one category and at one point in their life and then something else comes up at another time, they might fall into another category. I know that's definitely true for me. I've pretty much been in all four of them, which I'll kind of get into a little bit more in the next episode, but, and they're all fine. They're all, I would say, normal. There's nothing wrong with any of them. But the point of this is basically, if you don't have your mental health, it's really tough to have much else. I think that the subject matter of mental health and mental illness is getting better, but there still is that stigma out there. And I still feel as though it is not taken into account as much as it should. I feel like sometimes I kind of get in this bubble because obviously it's something that is important to me. I obviously deal with it um, with clients and I deal with it also in my job as a nurse as well. And for myself, I, and I tend to, you know, we have like these hard conversations, like with my friends, luckily I have great friends. We're all pretty supportive of one another. So sometimes I forget and I'm kind of in this bubble, but the fact of the matter is we're still not there yet. It's getting better, but we're still not there. And it's, I would say because, you know, of working in healthcare and also having several people in my life friends and family who are first responders. Ugh, the amount of like support and openness about mental health and mental illness around those two professions is greatly lacking. Again, I think it's getting better, but it's still very like hush hush and kind of seen as taboo. And like, I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, how can you sort of like, will you be looked down upon if you admit that you have a mental illness while working in healthcare as, or as a first responder kind of thing. So it's getting better, but it could be, it could definitely be better for sure. So it's harder to take care of yourself, but physically, you know, if you don't have your mental health in line and it's hard for you to take care of others, if you don't feel good, we know this is true physically. Like if you were to break a bone, it's going to be a lot harder for you to take care of your child, for example. But the fact of the matter is it can also be like that very much so if you are struggling um, with a mental illness or mental health wise, like you're not going to be able to properly take care of yourself or take care of others if you aren't feeling well physically or mentally. So from here on out, I am going to basically use the term stressor as like a catch-all for something that enters your life that would negatively affect your mental health. So this could be like relationship issues, um, a death of a loved one, job loss, illness, injury, chronic illness, flare-ups, mental illness, flare-ups, stuff like that. 
So I'm just going to use that term stressor as like a catch-all to make it a little bit easier to talk through this. Now, technically we know that some stress is good stress. We do well with some stress in our lives and that's not, and even exercise is technically stress. It's a good kind of stress, you know, but sometimes obviously we can have too much of a good thing. But that good stress is not really what I'm referencing here. This is more stressor in a sense of it's negatively impacting your life in some way. And that's what I'll be focusing on. So people tend to fall into four different categories when the shit hits the fan in their life. And again, this is kind of anecdotal-ish. I don't have formal sample sizes or anything like that, but it's what I have noticed over the, over the last decade plus of coaching people, both in fitness and nutrition and just general health. So I would say the first category is nothing changes. When someone has a stressor that enters their life, nothing changes with their current health and fitness. They keep doing their thing no matter what. It might be the only constant in their life, and that routine and status quo helps them get through whatever areas may be troublesome. So if this person is consistently working out and doing like strength training four times a week, going for walks or runs or going to yoga or whatever, and their routine does not change, they still stick to that like by the book. So that can definitely be one way of kind of coping with whatever stressor is, has entered your life and is affecting your mental health. Uh, by using that routine and the benefits that you can get also mentally from working out. So, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Like, I don't want that. I think sometimes people or the general public may judge someone possibly if they're going through a rough period of time and they're just keep doing their thing and they're not skipping workouts or something. Maybe that's their coping mechanism. People deal with stress and grief and things like that in different ways. And this might be something that's helping to get them by. So, and that goes for all of these. There is no judgment in all of these. They're all normal reactions. It's totally fine. Um, Yeah. So that person might change nothing and that's okay. That is what's getting them through. Then we might have someone who, which I would say like as a category two, where there might be an increased focus on fitness. This gives, this might give them more of a sense of control if other things feel like they're going wrong in their life. So they might actually work out more or do more intense workouts and kind of like take out their emotions and their stress on the workouts. And I don't think that this is necessarily bad either with a caveat, of course. You know, this happens sometimes. I have had clients who have come in and, you know, they're like, I had the worst day at work today or I'm having the worst week or worst month or whatever. So they'll come in and they'll be like, is there something that like I can slam today? Are we doing ropes or ball slams or like I'm just angry. I need to get out my frustration. And sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, that's written or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, cool. We're doing that today anyway. Or sometimes I'm like, oh, well, I didn't have that planned, but that's really fine. Let's pivot. If it's going to make you feel better, let's go slam some ropes around at the end of your workout and like it'll be all good. And usually they feel fine (laughs) afterwards. Usually it is helpful. 
So I have zero issues modifying a workout. To me, it's just like anything else. If someone were to come in and they were complaining that say they sprained their ankle, I'm clearly going to have to modify their workout for them that day. They're not going to be able to do the same sort of things because they have a physical injury. And I look at it the same if there's something going on mentally where they're not feeling their best or if, you know, they're like, I need to go all out today and just take out some aggression, frustration, then I'm like, cool, let's do it. It's, it's fine. It's going to make them feel better. And I think it's totally, totally worth it. I am there to support them as a coach. So this is what we're doing. So I don't think that there's anything wrong with necessarily using exercise as a coping skill, even if you are doing stuff that's more intense. However, I do worry when it starts to get into like that maladaptive territory. So some red flags would be like more of like an obsession with exercise there's starting to be an increase of injuries or illnesses like they're not recovering from or feeling as though you're not recovering enough for the amount of activity you're doing. So there's not enough rest and sleep and stuff like downtime in between workouts. So this can be look like overtraining almost. So interfering with sleep or if it's interfering with functioning in daily life, um, not even just injuries, but like in pain all the time from intense workouts where like you feel like you need to keep popping Advil to get through the day. That is where it's starting to do like more harm than good. And that is something that we would need to watch out for. Other than that, I don't see any issue with people using exercise, even if it's a little bit more intense exercise as a coping mechanism. I think, I think it's fine. Category three is where modifications are being made to someone's original like workout routine that they're used to doing. So this person might still find some activity to do, but it might not be what they were used to doing before the stressor entered their life. Um, Anything counts here. So for example, if you used to go to HIIT classes or lift heavy like four and five days a week, And now that doesn't feel good to you anymore because, again, exercise is a stressor. So if you are at that point where you're already, like, stressed out to the max and that sort of stuff doesn't feel good to you anymore, you might modify what you're doing. So instead of doing what you were used to doing, maybe some more intense stuff, now your movement's looking more like a couple leisure walks and a gentle yoga class for the week. So you're still moving and you're still doing something good for your body and Movement is good, but it's just not at the intensity that you're used to doing. And like I said, this makes sense. Sometimes you just can't tolerate any additional stress, whether it's good or bad. So more intense workouts may not feel very good if you're in this headspace right now, and that's that's fine. You need to do what you need to do to survive. Looking purely through the fitness lens... So again, this isn't any coming from a judgmental standpoint or anything like that. This has no, there's no negative bearing on this person. Like, like they're lazy or they're not doing as much as they could or whatever. Like that's, that's not here because again, like you're doing the best that you can, but strictly through a physical fitness lens, you may lose some progress compared to what you were doing. And that is okay because your priorities have shifted and that's that's totally fine. But don't be alarmed if that happens and you lose some progress. However, you might not lose as much as if you were to stop 
exercising altogether. So you might lose some strength. For example, if you were like lifting four and five days a week and now you're walking and doing yoga or something like that, gentle yoga. Because honestly, depending on what yoga class you take, that can be also pretty intense too. So it depends. I want to specify like gentle or restorative yoga because it's definitely more relaxing and less activating than like vinyasa or something like that. Sidebar. (laughs) Anyway, um, so yes, you may lose some progress. However, not as much as if you were to stop altogether, which is okay too, which I'll actually get to because that's category four. Um, But it's fine. It is what it is. It's temporary. This is where you're at right now in life. And if going for a leisure walks and a gentle yoga class is all you can muster up to do, and that is what is helping you get through, then that's what you're going to do. And it's going to be fine. So, you know, you this might be someone who's kind of in the headspace where they know that they need to do something. They just can't do what they were doing. But they know that moving versus not moving makes them feel better. They know that at the end of whenever they're out of this season, it's going to be easier to get back to what they were doing because they're doing something, again, purely through like that fit, physical fitness lens. So this is fine. Priorities have shifted. You need to focus more on whatever is in your life that's kind of taking you away from your fitness goals, for example. And it is just, it is what it is. That's totally fine. The last category, category four, is where you're not doing any exercise at all. And again, I want to reiterate that this is also fine. This might be someone where like your nervous system feels so activated or you are deep in the throes of depression or grief or something like that. And at this point, these are like the days where just getting out of bed is a win for the day. Or you know, you fed yourself and you took a shower, like, holy shit, that's amazing. And I mean that sincerely. If you've never been in that place, you may not get it and that's fine, but that is 100% a reality for some people. So if we're setting the bar at like, I just need you to get out of bed and like feed yourself, then obviously working out takes a whole lot more, not just physical energy, but mental energy to do too. So you're not going to be there and that's okay. Sometimes you just need to go through the motions and get through one more day or get through one more hour even if you need to break it down to that. That is the type of support that you need. Working out is probably going to be too much of a stretch for you to handle and that's okay. That's speaking even back to like category three of like leisure walking and gentle yoga or restorative yoga or something like that. That might even be too much for you and that's okay. It's just, it can be a really tough season of life to begin to to be in. And your mental health just has to take priority, even if that means a lot more rest and not working out. But from an overall health standpoint, like you need to get help and you need to allow yourself time to start healing. If fitness doesn't fit into that equation for that period of time, then that's okay. Get in touch with who you need to. Typically, I would suggest seeking out someone, a, a mental professional, a mental health professional of some sort, whether it is joining like a grief support group, 
getting in touch with a therapist. Honestly, side note, you should probably just have a counselor or a therapist regardless of whether there is something quote unquote wrong going on in your life anyway. That's just my two cents. Or you might need to get in touch with a, um, a psychiatric provider, either like a doctor or a nurse practitioner or um, physician assistant that specializes in that. They can be very, very helpful. Eventually, this is tough. You just need to trust that this period of time will pass. It's temporary. The hard part is we don't always know when that will be over. You just kind of have to trust that eventually it, it will be. And I feel like one of two things either happen in this. Either the stressor itself will be gone. Like say your job is causing you an immense amount of stress and eventually you leave. That stressor is now gone. Or you are in you know, a toxic sort of relationship with someone, whether that be like romantic, friendship, blood-related, family, toxic relationship, any of the above. And you get to a point where you can separate yourself from that person. You know, that might be another situation where that stressor is gone. And sometimes we can't. You know, if you lose a loved one, that stressor is never going to wa- going to go away. Or if you've been through all there's some sort of like traumatic event, that stressor is never going to go away. Unfortunately, we just learn to adapt and grow from it and learn to deal with it over time, of course, lots of time and lots of support in order for that to happen. So one of two things, either that stressor goes away or you adapt and you grow and you learn, you know, healthy coping strategies to get you through on that way to healing. Again, the tough part is we don't always know when that will be over. It can take a long time. It can take a short amount of time. Like it just depends on you, how much help you have, your circumstances. Will any sort of medication help you get through it? Will it not? Well, then, you know, there's a lot of factors. So it can be tough. There's no, there's a light there. You just might not be able to see it at the end of the tunnel yet. So that's tough. I'm typically one of those people that does better if I'm going through a tough time, but I'm like, okay, there's an end in sight. This has an end date. I'll get through it. I'll be fine. So for me personally, I know that that is really hard to sort of fathom as if you don't know when like it's going to be over. You don't know when you're going to be getting to a point in your healing where like you feel you're starting to feel better. So that can be really tough. You just have to trust that eventually it will pass and trust yourself that when the season passes, that you'll be able to go back to taking care of yourself physically. It can be, and again, like it can be hard. It can be a few months where, you know, fitness has to take a back seat and that's okay. It can be several years, which I feel like has been more of my case. Um, so again, that happens. <laughs> it's, it is what it is. Uh, depending on where you are in your life, it it might look different than what you did in the past too. So if you get on the other side of whatever stressor that is and that season passes and you are ready to start taking care of yourself again, physically and like working out and stuff, it might even look different than what it 
did in the past and that's okay too. You might have to try out some new strategies. You might not be the same person you were before whatever this was happened. And you might need to get a little bit more creative and may require some more planning. I know that's something that comes to mind is like when, you know, we had a baby, it was a lot harder to get workouts in, especially when they're like baby, baby. Um, You really have to like plan that out and plan it out with the help of someone else to try and make that happen. It was very difficult for us personally to, to do that. Years are juggling each other's work schedules and nap schedules and feeding schedules, and it can be a lot. So that's a good example, I feel like, of what comes to mind because, you know, your regular workout is not going to look like it did before, and that is okay. So maybe you need to do some more planning. Maybe you need to join a new gym. Maybe you need to hire a coach. Maybe you need to hire a meal prep service or invest in some cookbooks or some apps or, you know, something, something like that. It might look different. You might have to try something else. And that's kind of the hard part too, because it's like, you've already probably invested time and energy in trying to like make yourself feel better. And now you have to sort of go back to the drawing board a little bit as well. If you are trying to get back into focusing more so on fitness and nutrition, but again, it's it's okay. I don't think anybody skates through life doing the exact same thing and it working forever because life does happen. And I want to address again, purely from a physical fitness lens here. If you haven't worked out for a while, this is going to affect your physical progress. And that's okay. Again, we don't go through life doing everything perfectly. You might have to find new strategies life happens, things change, bodies change, and all of that is okay. But again, trust yourself to come back to it and know that although it may not feel like it, especially in the very beginning, know that you're still not actually starting from square one. If you've been weight training, for example, for a while, and then you had a bump in the road for a few months or even a few years, Your body remembers. You have a training history built up prior to this and things will pick up again. You'll probably be sore for the first few workouts. Eventually, like you'll get your strength back. You'll get some muscle mass back. Like it's going to be okay. It's never going to feel like it's fast enough. I will say that when you are actually in it, but kind of like taking an outsider's perspective, it will come back quicker than you think. You just need to, again, figure out how can you be consistent with it plan it out and things will pick back up again. So, so that's it. Those are the four categories. I hope that you found this helpful and kind of gave you some food for thought for things to keep in mind in case this has happened in the past for you. And, you know, you're kind of like beating yourself up mentally because you feel as though you're quote unquote behind. Maybe you're not, your priorities just had to shift so you could take care of yourself in a different way. And that's fine. It's it's okay if this happens. It's okay if your mental health affects your physical progress. You need to take care of that first. And it's actually quite common. So according to Johns Hopkins, one in four adults suffers from a diagnosable mental disorder in any given year. And oftentimes it's not just one. Sometimes it happens where there's co-occurring disorders. 
And you're definitely not alone. In fact, I'm part of that statistic. So if you don't think that you know anyone that's also affected by it, well, now you know at least one because I definitely fell into that. So, which I can go into more detail on part two. So be on the lookout for that. Like I said, I'll kind of be using myself as a case study and applying some of this stuff to that. I could, of course, say the same for some of my clients. I've seen them go through some stuff as well, but I'm not going to put their business out there. That's That stays locked in. I'll take that to my grave. Um, but however, I am in a place where I feel comfortable sharing some of mine in hopes that maybe you don't feel so alone. Again, I think storytelling is important. Maybe you can relate. Maybe you can't relate right now, but you know someone that you care about has gone through something similar, or maybe it might happen in the future. And you can kind of look back on this and be like, oh yeah, I remember hearing about that. And it'll give you, help you give yourself a little bit of grace and maybe not feel so alone. If you found this helpful, please share this podcast and leave me a review. I would greatly appreciate it, but it also helps spread the word so others can find it and learn something too. Also, please, please, please do not hesitate to reach out if you are struggling. I can help direct you just to some of the resources that you may need. And I'm also going to post some in the show notes. So things like NAMI, MHA, um, RAIN, stuff like that. I'll be posting that in the show notes. So if you need help and you need support, those are the places that you want to start with that can help you out if you are kind of struggling and you're not really sure where to go. So until we meet again on the next episode, be safe and be well.